Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of the Champ We Are United podcast. I'm joined this evening uh, by the usual players. Well, I say usual. Verso's a newcomer, isn't he? We've got Verso. Good evening, Verso. Hello, gents, and hello, listeners. And of course, we've got Rabbi. Rab, how are you doing? Good evening. Yes, all good. Uh, yourselves? Not too bad. And of course, I'm your host this evening, and I'm Gull. I'll just quickly run through the uh, running order, so anyone that wants to access certain parts of the podcast will know sort of whereabouts they might be. We'll start off with uh, Rab's Twitter uh, messages and feedback, and then move on. And I've given it a name, Verso. I don't know if you'll like it. We've got Verso's Collection Corner. It does exactly what it's intended to do, so yeah, perfect. Absolutely. Then we'll move on to my little section, which is uh, sounds like it's nothing to do with comics, but it's Girl Goes Ground Hopping. And I'll be talking about my two visits to fictional grounds. More on that later. And then we move on to Rabbi's On This Day. Looking forward to that. There was the first one last week. And then we'll very briefly at the end talk about next week's episode, episode 20, which will be a special indeed. Okay, Rab, over to you. I understand we've got some good messages coming in and some good questions. Yes, this is through Twitter and our site over there, which is at champ underscore A-R-E, champ R. And last weekend, I posed the question following our podcast episode and asked for people's own memories of Roy of the Rovers, anything that stood out for them. Um, we've had a good few replies on there. So the first one is from the Sun Saturday Brunch Show, who said, favourite memory was the summer tour to Crete circa 1980. Melchester played a mini summer tournament while trying to avoid being killed. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Crete ever since. Indeed, yeah, I think as we mentioned at the time, when they went on tour, they either played cricket or they got kidnapped or they had to avoid being killed, as he said. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, the next one is, it's kind of a collection of letters. I think we've had this one before. It's M-X-Y-Z-P-T-I-K. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. But favourite memory was when Roy left to play for Rovers Rivals. Also when his wife Penny left, and there you go, when the Kemp brothers signed. And we've got some more of that coming up later on tonight. And moving up, uh, Terry Angus, another regular listener. Good evening, Terry. Um, and for a member, of course. And for a member, always good to have you on, Terry. And he replied saying, don't know about my favourite, but the bombing of the bus in Bajran was the saddest. Indeed it was. And then we have Alan Holloway, who said, when Rovers got demoted, that was the memory which stuck out for him. Yeah, it was, it was realistic, wasn't it? That at some point they would have to get relegated. Yeah. And yeah, I think that worked. That worked well. Uh, Dennis Brooks, I remember getting really excited when Carol Hunt was signed from Carford. 
Carl Hunt, yeah. Remember like, oh, like Carl Hunt, yeah. I, he was one of my favourites. And, of course, he was lost in the Bazran tragedy, wasn't he? So, yeah. Yeah. And then he follows up by saying, enjoyed the Bazran story until my most of my favourite players got killed. Yeah. Yeah. And let's see. We have, again, might be Nikos. I think it's Nikos. It's in Greek lettering. So apologies, Nikos. Um, my Greek is not as fluent as it once was. Another foreign <laughs> member, of course. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and he says the 1974-75 season, when Rovers participated in the European Cup Winners' Cup, winning the trophy against Nyarkos of Greece by 2-0. That was before my time. Yeah, it was. That's that's way back. Um, and I think that was I think that was them. So a good mixture there, really, from Barzran to the Kent brothers to Carford, uh, winning the Cup Winners' Cup, getting relegated. <laughs> Carol Hunt, yeah, good a mixture. Good Very good selection. Hopefully, you you may set a little uh, question. Later on, absolutely. Yeah. see. Okay, Verso. Uh, very much enjoyed your input last week. You're back with uh, your section, Verso's collection corner. Yeah, but what I'm going to do this week is um, visit well visit a, um, a comic called Scorcher. Um, it was it ran for oh, nearly 250 episodes from um, early 1970 right through to 1974, before they had the um, the dreaded across the masthead big news inside. And um, for the the regular readers of comics, if they if you saw the big news inside, you knew that was the last issue that you'd ever see of your comic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I think many of many of the listeners will, will know the name Scorcher because it merged with Tiger. Yes. And um, six years at last, the Tiger and Scorcher name, which is, is quite rare for, for when comics merge, that the um, the the lesser of the two titles, the and, could actually last that long. It was um, yeah, it's almost six years before Tiger uh, went back to Tiger for about five episodes before. It swallowed up speed, but I, I diverse. I'm back to um, Scorcher. I, I picked it because um, it featured um, several stories that actually ended up in Royal Rovers. Um, Billy Dane made his debut in Scorcher. Um, I, I know he actually well appeared in a different guise in Tiger in the very early sixties. Billy Dane, but it was a totally different story, and the tone was. It was more humour and um, he lived with his dad, not his grand. So um, I don't know if the two were actually the same or they sort of rejigged it. But anyway, uh, Billy Dane was in um, Scorcher and, and so was Hotshot Hamish. He made his debut in Scorcher. Um, whilst possibly my favourite ever footballing story, um, excluding the, um, the Royal Rovers, was Nipper. Do you, oh, you guys yeah, yeah. remember Nipper at all? Yes. Yeah, very much. Yeah, I like Nipper. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, just going off on a side tangent. Sorry to interrupt there, Verso. We've, uh, we've got a thread on the forum about the crossovers where different characters were in different stories. And uh, we've managed to work out that Roy of the Rovers 
has spun off or been in about 30 different things. Uh, and Nupa is is one of those. So it's in the it's in the Roy of the Rovers universe. I'll um I will spend some time in there. I, I do pop on the forum for quite a lot. There's an awful lot on there. I need to I need to read to catch up with. Yeah, fifty three thousand. Yeah, I I might I might gloss over some. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Nipper first appeared in um, Score and Raw, which was another old comic. That got swallowed up by um, Scorcher. But yeah, um, when Tiger finished, um, Hamish went directly to Royal Rovers. And what I found weird was um, Billy Dane went to Eagle for a year. Um, the, the tone of the whole Eagle comic wasn't sport. And I don't know why they chose Billy Dane to go into Eagle. And, and if, any of you guys got any idea of why that happened? Well, perhaps there's the... You know, they might have been looking at that sort of demographic, you know, let's have a bit of football or a bit of sport. Maybe that's just their angle and that's why. Yeah, possibly, because he was he was sort of the, the big name, wasn't he? Billy Dane was the sort of, I'd, I'd, I'd argue that he's possibly behind Roy Race, the second biggest name in um, in comic football. I agree. So, and, so, and of course, there's a film, isn't there? Uh, there's only one Jimmy Grimble. Yes, I, I rewatched that um, but, Two weeks ago, and uh, that's quite a nice little film, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, so then Billy finally ended up at Royal Rovers, but unfortunately, um, nip a bit the dust. We didn't see no more of him. Um, yeah, so I, I would say they were they were my three favourite fo- football stories, excluding you know the, the Royal Rovers stuff. So yeah, so that's my little dip into um, into my little collection today, Scorcher. With all your varied collection, I'm sure you're going to be talking about a lot of different comics as we go along, no doubt. Yes, I will. Yeah, and if if if, if any of the um, the listeners or the um, or the forum users have anything specifically they'd like us to talk about for my collection, let us know and we'll do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, going back to what you mentioned about the and uh, lasting quite a long time, um, you're right. The, you know, Roy of the Robes and Hotshot. Uh, was a very short double tagged name um yeah so i was quite surprised when you said that how long that double up lasted for interesting fact that yeah now um if on on tiger if um if people want to know more a little bit about the history of tiger and all the mergers i've actually put a post on the forum which tells um when they merged and how long they were with that masthead for as well so that's that's an interesting um Forum post if people want to know more about the history of the Tiger mergers. No, I agree because that's you know interesting for the collector as well. You know, because they you know they might not necessarily know that uh, certain comics continued as a merge with someone else. But yeah. So yeah, is that your uh, your section done for today? Well, um, if, if you want, I can, I can um, talk quickly about um, a story I just recently read from um, from the days of um, Scorcher. It of course. Was, it was called The Footballer Who Went Back. And it was um, a, a guy called Terry Baker, who was um, the star striker for Milford City. And they, they played in Division One in 1972. And um, he was the greatest player of his generation. And he had the flash car and... Um, but he was a nice chap as well. And um, he 
all, all in the first, on the first page of the story, the club, the club secretary found an old photo when the club were known as Milltown Swifts. And he pointed out to Terry that one of the players looked remarkably like him. So then you turn over to page two of the story and there's a flash of light and Terry finds himself transported back to 1891. So um, I deliberately chose this story because um, we're in, in the midst of a new series of Doctor Who and um, time travel is quite sort of in the, in the front. So I thought, yeah, it's a nice little, um, nice little mix, time travel and a footballer. Um, but it, it followed um, most, most of the stories where, you know, you'd have to overcome grief every single episode but he um yeah he, he ended up living with the um the guy who built the time machine and accidentally brought him back who luckily and coincidentally was the manager of milltown swifts so he got wow. him yeah it's, yeah i mean it's crazy the coincidence um he got you know he, he got terry to play football and um it did, you know, the the mix of what the you know the eighteen ninety one football in with the, in the modern game of seventy two because well when the story was out seventy two was the modern day but you know he'd he'd talk about things like goal nets and substitutions and they'd look at him like he was an alien <laughs> and, um, and he, um, he he scored a goal and um, you know he, he stood waiting for the game to kick off but because he um, because he scored and the ball had gone and there was no net to keep the ball. It'd gone over the field and he had to run over the field. At, you know, it was a Division One game, or you know, and he had to climb over a wall to go and get the ball back because he kicked it over. And um, the the yeah, he, he said he ended up playing for them. And um, the the local mill owner he um, he offered Tobias Hubbard, who was the time machine man, a hundred pound if the team won the league. And luck, again, luckily, that's the exact amount of money he needed to buy parts to fix the time machine. So um, there, there are lots of emphasis in the storyline, but, you know, showed how the modern game of 72 was different to the Victorian times. And um, lots of skullduggery from the local rivals, the culture difference, and the ultimate question, would Milltown win the league, enabling Terry to get back to the future? And I'm not going to give it away because I will upload this to the forum. So if anyone's interested in a story from almost 50 years ago and how it holds up today, then in the next couple of days, it will be on the forum for everyone to have a read. Great stuff. I think my, we, we normally give the addresses at the end, which we will once again, but I think now is a good time just to mention the website address. So if anyone does want to join and see that, then they can. Now, of course, I never mention it, because I always leave it up to Rabbi to get it wrong. So off you go, Rabbi. <laughs> www. Champ, we are united. Proboards.com. Close enough. You missed out a few bits and pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. my friend. It's www.champweareunited.proboards.com. Ah, just one dot. One dot away this week. I think he does it on purpose, Verso. What do you reckon? <laughs> it gets the attention. <laughs> uh, um, okay. Uh, we'll move on to the... That was great, by the way, Verso. I, I'd never heard of that strip, so really interesting. Mm. I look forward to reading what you post on the forum about that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, I'm, we'll go on to uh, Gull Goes Ground Hopping, which is my little section. And uh, of course, Rab and myself are keen ground hoppers visiting football grounds around the country. Mm -hmm. And I think you've been to all of the Scottish 42, haven't you, Rab? Or you might be missing one. Missing one, yeah, due to the promotion of Cove Rangers. Yeah. Um, about a year ago. Nearly there, nearly there. Yeah. I'm, I'm about I'm about 172 away from the 92 at the moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the gulls go, gull, I can't say it. The gull, <laughs> all right, good night. <laughs> <laughs> the gull goes ground hopping section, you might think is just about ground hopping, but it's not. It's about my fictional visits to football grounds. Uh, of course, you know all about this, Rab. I'm, I don't know if, Verso, you, you may have come across this on the website yet. But back when I was younger and I was buying the Champ comic, uh, they used to run a section where you could send in a picture of yourself. And if you were lucky enough to be drawn out of the hat, you would be drawn into the story. Actually drawn. <laughs> and I was very young at the time. I don't know, about 10 or 11. And my mum and I sent a picture in of me in the 1982 England World Cup shirt. I did have other clothes on as well, of course. And that was that. And then six months later, and ironically, on this particular week, I was late picking up my copy from the newsagent. This was issue number 32. So if any collectors or, or We Are United Champ fans have that issue, I'm in that one in two now, frames i'm now opening that up to have a look okay uh so that that we could get a little bit a bit of uh, feedback as well uh so yeah and my neighbor knocked on the door uh same age as me with a comic in his hand and went is this you is this you and of course any other week i would have got it first but i went oh my god yes it is so i was drawn into two frames meeting joe pearson um, I will throw over to Verso in a second when he's ready. But uh, yeah, it, they sent me a frame, framed picture of one of the frames, as it were. And it said, best wishes, Brett, signed by Joe Pearson, which is still in my collection. Um, have you managed to pull it up, Verso? Not yet. I'm, um, was it early on in the comic or? Yeah, it was It was probably uh, page three. Oh, OK, page three. Okay. <laughs> Of course. Right, but an interesting subsection fact, which still grates me just a little, is that the game that I went to uh, was an away game, apparently. Mm. Um, it was the, uh, in 1984-85, uh, the Milk Cup, that gets another mention, the Milk Cup second round first leg away to Gillingport, and then the second leg was at home to Gillingport, of course. Uh, and the score was a draw, so it ended up being a replay, which uh, listed on either uh, Storky's site or uh, somewhere, but we've listed it, we've posted it on the forum. Um, it says away. Now, no one has ever been able to tell me if Gillingport's ground was ever mentioned in the whole run, because I still, to this day, in fact, I mm. spent the last 30 years, probably, thinking that I visited the mill, <laughs> because I just did. <laughs> uh, 
but I still don't know if Gillingport had a, a, a ground name. So if any listeners are reading through, or maybe Verso might come across it one day in the future, if you can tell me what the ground was, of course, why was the re- why was the replay at their ground? Shouldn't it have been at a neutral ground? Or would it have gone to a second replay? Surely not. It's hard to remember with the Milk Cup, isn't it, what the the competition rules were regarding replays at that time because we're so used to matches going straight to penalties now. Yeah. Without them, the, so, FA Cup yeah. Would, the FA Cup would go to second replays, wouldn't it? Yeah, but, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Very so I would be interesting to find that out one day. That was the season. They won the Milk Cup that season, uh, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, and the interesting thing is it's sort of in real time. The issue number 32, I believe, was the 29th of September. And this game took place on the 19th of September, according to the results list that we've posted online. Um, and the other interesting fact is that you pretty much get a full season of games with We Are United. Uh, like some games wouldn't be shown, but you'd get the results uh, but the you know the final fixtures and results wherever they posted them was a good 30 40 games which is quite interesting because rovers didn't do that as much uh, you know what i mean it was more of a, uh, just this particular game and then move on to the next so that, that that's quite interesting any luck verso i've got i've got the issue but um i can't i can't see where you are it's definitely. I think, um, I think it's issue thirty-two. Yeah, twenty-nine for the ninth, nineteen eighty-four. Yeah. Maybe we'll come back to that. But, yeah, we'll come, uh, yeah. come back to that. I'm sure it was number thirty-two. Uh, yes. So, uh, and very briefly, my other one, and Rad knows about this as well because he contributed to the Kickstarter campaign, is when Striker opened up a Kickstarter campaign to raise funds for uh, the comics. Um, you were involved in that as well, Rab. You, you um, contributed, didn't you? Yes, that was another one which went right to the wire, didn't it? To see if in there was the end, going I to think... be... Was that a full of five issues? That's right. Um, I think it went just 22 pence over in the end. I might be wrong. Yes, yeah, it was very close. That rings a bell. But, mm. you know, whatever everyone put in, it you know, is equally as helpful. But one of the rewards that I got for putting the money I put in was to be, well, in inverted commas, drawn into the strip. Although, although it was a centre a page, double page, uh, uh, you know, artwork of, of, of the crowd with actual photographic pictures that you've sent in of your head. So technically, I've been to Gillingport's away ground, don't know the name, and I've been to Gasworks Road. Yeah. Very not, interesting. Not too shabby. Yeah. Not too shabby at all. So, yeah, that's, that's my uh, ground-hopping claim to fame which I sometimes bring up when I've had a few beers with the friends and we talk about the grounds we've been to. And I say, well, I've been to two fictional ones and they look at me like I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Quick, quick yeah. question on that. Um, would it work, your, your, your fictional thing, 
we work with um, things like Harchester United. So um, if if there's games that um, Harchester United have used and you've been to Filbert Street or Portman Road, would, would you count them? That's an interesting one. You're, you're opening up Pandora's box here. I though, know, so. I know. I'm sorry, I, I do like to um, dig a little bit. You know, I mean... I would Middle. say we were talking last week about Ipswich and Portman Road being featured, of yeah. course, in the 80s version of Dream Team. And I would say that if you see the, the, the beauty of ground hopping is there are no rules because um, you can kind of make them up yourself in a lot of ways. So I would say, let's make a ruling in this then, if you could pinpoint the matches which were featured, by for Ipswich, in which the Harchester kit was superimposed over their top, and you were at that match, I would say, yeah, um, that that counts. You have been in Dream Team. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, one of my cousins, he was at a he was at a game many years ago. Um, can't remember who it was, but they were filming the um the football film ID. Oh yeah. And um, but what, what they'd done, they'd, they'd asked a, sec a section of the crowd to stay behind after the game. Mm. And what they'd done, there was there's about two hundred of them, and they had them in this in the stand. And then they they done a shot. And then they said, "Can you all move along another section, but move places?" So um, he said, "I was I was in the shot about six or seven times." Because it was the, it, the whole it's the whole stand looked full of shadow of supporters, but it was the same two hundred people yeah. just keeping on sectioning along. And mm -hmm. he said, he said I was at the top, middle, and bottom. And um, he said, yeah, he said so. He was in it six times in, right. in the same because they yeah. So that's that's quite that's quite nice little insight to how they film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trade scenes. Yeah, interesting. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, because you never really think of that in the many fictional football films um, that have been produced down the years. Quite how they they always manage to get the crowd in. And so I think we're we're we moving on, Gull. Can you hear me? Yes, you can. I don't know what. Don't know what happened then. Um, so yeah, no, he's he's cut off from it. Yeah, well, if we move on just for the moment, you bike go. I think so. Can you hear me? Mm, it's, it's quite faint. One second. But if we if we move on, I'm back now. Yes. Yeah. Apologies, listeners. Sometimes technology is against us, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, indeed, indeed. Uh, so, yeah, well, uh, as Verso uh, can't seem to find the issue uh, at the moment, uh, we'll move on to Rabs on this day, which started last episode, and uh, very, very interesting. What are we looking at today, Rabs? Yeah, so we're going back this time to 1985 in November, and it's a week in which Fergal Sharkey, A Good Heart, was number one in the charts. Sure, um, listeners a will good probably. Heart to say is hard to find. That's the one. That's, 
And yeah. also the the week the, the week the day almost that Fingermouse made its debut on uh, British oh. TV as well. If I remember that. So That's just to set some context on there. I'm just going to get the charts in again for, for that week to see what else before we... There's a reason for this, for the music connection with Roy of the Rovers, which I'm sure you can probably guess by now. Um, given the, the mid-1980s playing squad. So let's see if we can get again... November the 10th, 1985. And no, it's gone. It's gone for the I will return to that. No, we've got it. We can move on to other stuff if you wish. Yeah. So let's go through either of us. And not the 10th of November, but the 9th of November, 1985. Now, the cover this time. Features the one and only Martin Kemp of Spandau Ballet fame, as I say, hence the music connection. And he's making his Melchester debut. And so when we turn to the, the Royal Rover strip, Melchester, we find are leading 2-0. And we're threatening to run away with the third round, you've guessed it, Milk Cup match against Stambridge City. Blackie Gray has to go off injured, and that paves the way for Martin Kemp to come on as the sub. I think in a time, Anita probably had two, two or three subs then. Not a goalkeeper, certainly, um, but no more than three. Yeah. And it says Martin Kemp should be in top of the world, his first game for the finest club side in Europe, say the crowd. So true, of course. Funny how it seems. And <laughs> Martin crowd. has is clearly nervous stepping on as the number 12 and the first pass which is played to him he completely misjudges it the ball sort of bounces off his neck and knocks him over and Roy looks at him uh, wondering if he's, he's made quite a considerable error uh, not only in signing Martin Kemp but now bringing him on the pitch and Roy goes over to him while Martin's still on the ground. He's, I love the fact that Martin Kemp, he has, as you'd expect, a sort of mullet hairstyle. And he still has an earring in his, his uh, right ear, which you think nowadays you might have to have that taped up, but clearly not in 1985. And Roy says to him, listen, son, you're not in a sound stage now making music for the benefit of your fans. What a mistake I've made. Wow, very highly strung. Yeah, he was highly strung, I know. Um, <laughs> Come on, Verso, get those song titles in. I know, but to cut a long right. story short. Yeah, I, I thought we'd done that last week, so <laughs> I think that would be... Take a chance to miss. Yeah, when we're throwing your lifeline as well, but Roy then does show... <laughs> oh. Roy then does show my lifeline and says I should have taken the advice of the media and left you to those exhibition fun matches. But as the match continues, they do try and play Martin uh, into, into the game, try to help him to find his feet. And unfortunately, Stambridge pull a goal back. So the aggregate score, if you're keeping track, is now 2-1, which inspires Stambridge. But just when you think, um, we're not going to see any more of 
the Spandau Valley start. He goes in what can only be described as a mazy run, beats a couple of players, sends in a fantastic cutting through ball from the right-hand side, which falls nicely to Roy. And, of course, Roy smashes it into the net. What do you think about that, Racy? Do you still think I'm treating the game like a fun match? Martin says, shaking his fist at the manager in the final panel. And next week, we're told, thanks to Roy, Martin gets his first chance to score for Rovers. Yes, it's fantastic that, as I say, 1985 and November, this almost this very day, we see the debut, which we were talking about before, of Martin Kemp. Any thoughts or remembrances there? All I know is what you've told us there is truth. <laughs> I know it's gold, though, when you, you yeah. get a chance to... To see to to read it over again, hasn't it? Yeah. Interesting uh, feedback from what you said about how many substitutes. Uh, uh, um, there were only one substitute uh, up until uh, at least 1987. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's because I remember. I remember our talkies big uh, um, last game of the season where we needed to get a point to stay up and. The dog bit the player, a very yeah. famous story, and four minutes of added time, and then we scored with 10 seconds to go and, and stayed up on goal difference. I remember that like it was yesterday, and there was just one one uh, substitute um, in those days. So it didn't come in until a little bit after when you're saying. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So if we flick yeah. through some of the other stories which featured in Roy Overs that week, it opened with one called Project 917. Don't really remember too much about that one, no. but no. just to give you a brief synopsis, um, first division side West Hampton City had signed Rob Smith with the management not realising he was a robot created by a professor. The other players were in in this secret, though, and were determined to keep it under wraps. But there was a TV interviewer, Jim Slaney, who was um, on a sniff of the story, obviously, following Rob around and trying to expose this. And Rob is then involved in a quite dramatic car crash, and he comes back up out of the, the wreckage of the car looking like the Terminator to be honest, and then goes on to, of course, start kicking a ball around um, with a, a young boy who discovers the car. Um, so that's, I'm not sure how long that ran for. I certainly don't remember it, but... It reminds me of an old Tiger story called Syntec. Yeah. L yeah, it probably probably not, but the, the Pumais or and maybe a bit of Death Wish as well thrown in. Hmm. It's, yeah, I mean, I suppose, again, it's it's indicative of the mid-80s where you have this sort of cyborg, android, robot-style stories, and, and there they are finding their way into football as well. Um, then we have Wayne's Wolves, starring Dan Wayne, of course. I think we mentioned that one before, when it was the, the offshoot of Durrell's Palace. I thought that was later. Uh, we're still talking 1985. Yeah, same week. Wow. My, my memory is playing tricks with me. I thought it was later than that. I thought it was a bit later. Um, Dexter's Dozen with Johnny Dexter, the hard man, of course. 
And he's playing as captain for fourth division Burnside Athletic at that stage. And of course, going back to what we said earlier about crossovers, of course, Dexter went to Melchester. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you've got uh, Roy the Rovers, the hard man, Dexter's dozen. And also Victor Boscovich uh, went into the terrible twins uh, uh, strip. Uh, but there are at least another 28, 30 uh, crossovers as well, which we might go into. Um, um, we talked about it in an early podcast. Might just briefly mention it again. Yeah. Um, we then have Rick Stewart and goalkeeper, of course. And Johnny Cougar appearing in Roy of the Rovers. They are back to Tiger Berso. I um I forgot totally you went into into Lord of Overs, which was um that's very rare for a non well say a non footballing story, but we had um, races rocket we talked about last week, so mm. it, it's not a new thing, is it? But it's interesting to see, isn't it, though that the mix and the content of Roy of Overs in this year, um, it's it's worth looking at the with our own prediction league. There's the what's the score feature. I just looked at that and I thought to myself, I wonder how many Roy got right that week. Uh, Roy's guess, you need to check these out. But um, the matches, which were featured, just run you through them because there are only five. It was Sheffield Wednesday versus Man United. And Roy went for 2-1 away win. Oldham against Sheffield United and a 3-1 Roy guess for Oldham. Gillingham versus Walsall, 1-1. So the Melchester manager. Mansfield Town against Crew Alexandria, 2-0 for Roy. And Dunfermline against Queen of the South. And he's going one, uh, 2-1 Queen of the South. What we'll do, when I upload this um, addition to the forum, I'll actually put in results of other people because I'm I'm quite... Um, I can't let that rest now. I need to know. I know. We need, <laughs> we need, we need more info in the coffee I have. doesn't have them filled in. Yeah. Um, so then we have, now this is an interesting one in this week, obviously November the 10th, 11th, and it's entitled The Team That Went to War. And I don't know if this was brought in as a build-up to Remembrance Day, but in saying that, of course, in the mid-1980s, people would be wearing a poppy, but Remembrance Season, Remembrance Day was nothing like what it is now. Um, so this is an old football belonging to Andy McPhee, um, centre forward of the mighty Barchester United, the team that went to war. And then we have scenes from, you know, that basically turns into a war comic goal. <laughs> um, <laughs> in 1943, and it really is, it's like an issue of Commando or Warlord. Wasn't it in battle, the team that went to war originally? Yes, you're right. That's a great spot. It is actually in battle. Great show. And, yeah, you've got some some lines like, out of my way, Jerry, I'm taking my ball all the way to Rome. <laughs> From one of the <laughs> players in a um, close quarters combat with the, the German soldiers there. But, yeah, Roy the Rovers, there you go, featuring a war comic as well. Um, beat Boscovich. I do remember that feature where Victor comes up with 
uh, five quiz questions, including a picture round. And then we've got Hotshot Hamish and Mighty Mouse, of course. And rounded off was Dan Harker in Harker's War. Who remember Another that? war story. It's not. This time, um, Dan Harker is a sergeant in the police. Ah. Uh, he's trying to track down the football thugs. That's, I'm using the language of the comic, of course. Who had crippled his son, Mike, um, and left him sort of laid up at home in Dunchester. That's well. an interesting one. So quite an incredible mix there, um, isn't there, of, of stories? I wonder, going back to Racy's Rocket, uh, mm. um, I, I, so that was after Skid Solo in a different comic, of course. Yes. Um, I wonder if that was sort of like a response to the success of Skid Solo. Quite probably. Yeah, quite probably Not following sure. on from that, from that era. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but that's... Skid Solo, Skid Solo Verso? Yes, because yeah, he was um, he he appeared in several comics as well. Um, before Tiger, he was in um, was it Jag or it wasn't Scorcher, um, but he, he definitely was in a comic before Tiger, and then he was in Tiger a lot of years. Yeah, that'll, that'll come to me in a minute. Uh, I do remember so he, 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 that's a very long running story. Yes. Yeah. No, I, uh, I do remember the latter stages of Kid Solo. What, what I did come across, it's, it's still in that year, 1985 again, is a football show, which um, was on, I think it was ITV, and... I'm going to try and bring up the the opening title from this and see if you can guess what it is. Not a good sound. <laughs> Let's take it back. Let's try this one. Yeah. Rab on the decks. Was it, Did you hear was, that? It was it Murphy's mob? Yes, how was the sound on that? Oh, it was okay, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, uh, Murphy's mob. I love which... Murphy's mob. I, I did call that about 40 seconds before Gull there, but you, you probably didn't hear me. Ah, was... sorry, Verso. You'll hear that on the playback of the podcast that I, I just picked up the post on that. Ah, here we go. <laughs> I love how competitive Verso is. Yeah, yeah sorry, right? That's we, might have, we might have to have a, a, a special Christmas quiz episode, I think. A light-hearted, you know, party yeah. hat and all of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no good spot, Verso is our angle. Yes, I'm fucking through Brickbox earlier on today and... There was Murphy's Mob and thought that's fantastic, you know, and it, de- it made its debut in 1985. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was indeed. Um, yeah, I I had thought it was a bit earlier in the eighties, but yeah, great stuff. I remember it in the eighties, and also Jossie's Giants. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, again, we've touched upon this in a previous podcast, uh, a more adult uh, show, The Manageress on Channel Four. Yes. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. 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 The, um, the, the Murphy's Mob. The one of the only things I tend to remember from that is not necessarily the, the program, but one of the kids ended up in um, Yellow Pages advert where he had a party yeah. around his mum's house and uh, they'd drawn all over the walls and, and oh, wrecked, right. wrecked the front room, hadn't they? That, that yeah. was one of the kids from the Murphy's Mob. He had yeah. a party. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're, so, we're so old. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's why um, we're here. <laughs> I, I, that was a good one today. A rap enjoyed that. Good, yeah, yeah. I say a, a different, a very different issue to the one we looked at featured last week from 1984. It's amazing how much difference in content a year makes. Yeah, very much, very much so. It's got my brain sort of thinking. What you know, they've obviously got the um, the, the story that was in battle. Mm. Um, Johnny Cougar was that was that reruns or was that um, was that I brand suspect new? I suspect that's a rerun. Yeah, I, mean, I would I would think so. Was there any industrial action going on around the time with writers mm, and things like that? Maybe, maybe. I, I could, could be. Yeah, that's another good shout. You know, because mm. there mm -hmm. were. Weeks lost due to the industrial action, wasn't there? Yes, yeah. yeah. Certainly, some issues of Roy the Rovers are weeks while that it wasn't produced, as we know. Yeah, in the yeah. late seventies, which which throws a little like uh, uh, a firework to go off in in a centre uh, for collectors that don't realise that there was industrial action mm. and perhaps are uh, searching for issues for those weeks. So, uh, yeah. Maybe we'll uh, mention next week the dates of the, in, uh, the, the, the strips that weren't run or, mm. or the comics that weren't run. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, okay, so uh, just a mention then of uh, um, Simo and Ridders for people that have listened to a number of our podcasts. Hopefully Simo will be back next week, although we have said that for about 15 weeks. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Simo. And he'll have his Simo Selects, hopefully. Mm. Um, and also Ridders. Ridders, we uh, hope you uh, come back and join us soon. He's a little bit busy at the moment, and he also hopefully will come back with his Ridders reviews. Mm. Of course, I'm not going to name sections. That's not the way I do it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh... Um, just before we talk about uh, what's going on in episode 20 um would you like once again rab <laughs> to give the twitter address yeah. and the site address and if you get it wrong this time then i'm going to get verso to do it every time <laughs> right here we go i've been practicing yeah i've been sitting practicing this for the last half an hour or so www champ we are united dot do you make sure it's a dot proboards.com that's the forum, and many, many different topics on there. Obviously, we talk a lot about football comics, um, music, film, TV, oh, just life in general. 
And the Twitter account again is at champ underscore A-R-E-R. And just, just search us up, Champ We Are United. And what I'll do, um, again, following on, many, many thanks to those who sent in these, these excellent answers at the start, which we read out. And I will come up with another question this weekend. And we'll, we'll read some more out next week. Brilliant. And, uh, yeah, you were close enough, by the way. You forgot one dot. Ah! W dot. Ah, that goes in. You're fired. Ah, that's me, I know. Two angles. Yeah, I know. Interestingly, then next week, um, we've got a special lined up, listeners. Uh, Mm. In the past, we've had... Uh, as guests, Pete Nash of Striker fame, and of course, Barry Tomlinson. That was also very enjoyable. Next week, uh, with the return to Roy the Rover's artwork in the latest graphic novel, we will be having David Skew. Yes. We think that's how we, he, he, we pronounce it. <laughs> we'll yeah, get that very, right before next week very much looking forward to that one as you say, um, fantastic to see him back as the artist uh, for Roy, the current Roy of the Rovers edition definitely and um, we'll be asking him about his career of course mm. his return to Roy the Rovers, although he did some artwork for the, uh, the summer special a year or so ago we'll also talk to him about his years uh, drawing scorer Dave Story, uh, which doesn't get a mention too often on our podcast. So we'll be talking to him about that. And that's it, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Excellent. Enjoyed that today. Yeah, um, yeah, so, good, yeah. good variety. Uh, I'll, I'll work out if it was issue 32 uh, regarding uh, where I appeared for next, well, not next week, but for two weeks, because obviously it's the special next week. Mm-hmm. So all of the usual things, uh, Rabs on this day and Verso's Collection Corner. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks and we'll have the David Skew um, uh, special next Wednesday. Uh, all that's left to say is the goodbyes. So it's goodbye from Verso. Goodbye. That was short. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was goodbye from Rab. Good night, all, and as ever, many thanks for listening. See, that's the way to do it, Versa. Yeah, and... thanks all for listening. <laughs> and it's good night from me, Gull, and uh, we look forward to you listening to next week's special. Good night, everyone. <laughs>